let's make it official. Hey, everybody, yeah. welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic <laughs> Sisters. I'm Christy Brower here with my partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's How it going? Are you? Well, I'm good. <laughs> well, good. We've been talking. We talked last week about is that we are we have a booth this weekend at a witch's market, yeah. and we're both uh, we're not going to do readings or see clients. We're just going to sell some of the things we make. Yeah. And so I know that you and I both have been you know busting our tails to make sure that we have everything that we wanted to have there. So yeah. I'm just not cooking dinner. Not like. <laughs> doing anything my yeah. teenager got home from school today and was like I'm hungry and I'm like oh lord I haven't eaten today <laughs> yeah me too because <laughs> I do have a lot to do and it'll be what it is I mean I will definitely not finish everything I want to but that's okay I'll go on Etsy but um you know anyway so yeah I've just really like up to my elbows and resin and wood burning and putting up together all these kits and stuff and you know what it's just fun yeah, but that is fun. Anyway, so that's how I am. I'm like scattered. I need a whiteboard and probably somebody to just stand around here and be like, is that what you should be doing right now? Do you really have time for that? Maybe you should change your plan. <laughs> well, your older know. daughter is away at college and she's normally your personal assistant who does those things. So I know good thing I, she's I'm really missing home it. this weekend to kind of run your life because I think yeah. you need it. She's coming. To, yeah, she's coming home to help. So that's good because, yeah, I am. Yeah. I just can't focus on too much. And my husband is also building a whole bunch of, you know, he, he's a big part of this and this man. Oh, I should have brought one in here to show you guys. But I said, Ooh, I really wish I had athemies for my candle magic kits. And he's like, what's an athame? <laughs> so I said, well, it's a witch's knife. And he's like, Oh, I think I can make those. Yeah. Last night he goes, he's out in his shop for a while. He shows up in here with five really cool, kind of scary, rustic looking like witches <laughs> knives. <laughs> Puts them in the engraver and engraves, uh, you know, stuff on them and hands them to me. And he's like, do you think these will work? Are you kidding me? Like, I couldn't have bought anything any cooler or not even close to as cool as that. Anyway, right? it's insane what they you can do. Make anything. That's what we know. Yeah. Well, and yeah. several of you guys in our last live asked if we would share that stuff with you, if you could see it. I thought maybe we'd just do a quick live from the witch's market on Saturday once we get yeah. set up and just let you guys see our little booth. Yeah, I think we will. That's a great idea. Well, I'm also getting ready for the witch's fair and just yeah. enjoying fall. I'm all like in a writing mood and in a crafting mm -hmm. mood. Like I, I love it when the weather cools off and things slow down because then all I want to do is just a project. I get all projecty. So I'm feeling like that. Yeah. Project, yeah. including some uh, projects that are going to show up here on this show. So, yeah, I'm excited cool. about that. So, yeah. So we wanted to come tonight to uh, share some case updates. We come every Wednesday night and do a live mm -hmm. and give you a few updates about what's going on in the true crime world, particularly cases that we're following. Mm -hmm. And so we do have some stuff for you. So, Katie, I know you have a little bit of update on the Daybell Vallo case. So you want to share that? Yeah, so there's not been a lot of motion this week, except for that Mark Means did finally file for a change of venue, you know, which is something that we've been waiting for. Right. Uh, we figured that he would, especially considering that uh, Chad Daybell and his attorney filed for one a few weeks ago. And yeah, there's only a certain amount of time from the time of arraignment to uh, 
do so. So we've been kind of waiting, going, surely he's going to do it. You know, he got an extension on that though. He was That's granted right. an extension, so you know, I think he, he got an extension on everything possibly. Yeah, he that seems to be to me course about how to be a defense attorney. <laughs> yeah, that that may be true. He's yeah, taking a YouTube course or something. <laughs> well, I had yeah, I forgot that he did that. He had definitely reached out for. Uh, an extension. Well, yeah, he reached out for an extension this time too. So here's what it was. So he, of course, did reach out for. Uh, he wants an extension on discovery. For, uh, you know, for her case moving forward, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they her trial's not even scheduled until April, but he is asking yeah, for an extension on discovery. He's got tons. Uh, of yeah, but he already wants that. Uh, he says the defense is unable to review, analyze a complete discovery file in a timely manner or address a court of all pretrial motions within the stated time relevant to the Idaho code rules or other rules set forth by jurisdiction. So I'm not sure why he thinks yeah, he doesn't have time, but like in January or something, isn't it? Like it's quite a ways. Yeah. Hmm. Then he says the ends of justice will be served by granting this motion. <laughs> oh, he's a drama king. Wow. Isn't he though? I, the I ends just, of justice. What are the ends yeah. of justice? Like, are they like the ends of shoelaces? I don't I, know what that means. I bet the judge doesn't either. But yeah. Yep. And then he also does ask for hearings to address uh bond. We're gonna do this again. Oh man, we're addressing bond again. Oh please. I will be popping popcorn. Mm-hmm. And motion for the transfer of case and the like. So he can't be bothered to list out like everything he wants. You know, all the things. Oh, this is he's what just going to show up in court and ask for a bunch of other stuff that he didn't put in his brief? Yeah. Oh, okay. That seems like a good idea. Yeah. So he is asking for a status conference to discuss the matter. So basically he's asking for a hearing to, on bond, I, this is insane. And I hope the court basically says just hell no. We're done talking about it. We're going to go, dude, how many times are we going to review bond on this? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, of course, the motion for transfer of case, uh, motion RE12B. I'm not sure what that is. Anyway, so he's, don't know. and and then he says, and the like. So, you know, hopefully the judge can figure out like. exactly what the hell, the hell all of that, that means. Mean? But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. Paula in the chat says, unfortunately, Lori might have grounds for appeal because of inadequate representation. I worry about about that too, too, but you know, um, she's hired him and Mm -hmm. continues to use him through all of his mistakes. And several times I have seen judges inform her of her rights and inform her that she might, you know, that she may not be getting adequate things and she hasn't made a change. And so I don't know, how much of her continued agreement to all of this will turn up in all of that because she could certainly fire him and get a public defender. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it would be a better attorney than what she's got. So I don't know. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lynette in the chat also wants to know if we are Canadian. We are not. We're American. We're from Idaho, but we love Canadians. Yeah. So if you're Canadian, welcome. Nice to have you here. We might move there. You don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking about it these days. Oh, my goodness. Well, and also, so today is, or yesterday. was it yesterday? 
Yesterday was the last known day of JJ Vallow being alive as far as mm-hmm. the last like digital footprint. And so it's thought that either yesterday or today uh, was his death date. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and also tomorrow is Tylee yeah. Ryan's birthday. Yeah. 18th w- birthday. Would be her 18th birthday. And so there is a vigil going on in Rexburg. Uh, for the children for their death dates and their birthdays because Tyler's death date they figured was about the 9th of September. Yeah. So we have some I things going on in our community. run over there and get some footage. Yeah, I do. don't know that I'll attend. Rexburg yeah. uh, COVID numbers are surging Ooh. like nobody's business and Sturgeon. most people in Rexburg refuse to wear masks. And so yeah. I am a little hesitant to uh, to go out in public a whole lot, but I will at least go scope it out and see if I uh, dare get out of the car. And get some yeah. so I'll at least go check it out and, and, and update you guys on that. But I think it is a sweet thing that they're doing that for sure. It is. It's nice. You know, the community continues to remember these children and to be aware of the situation, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and by they that's just a group of local women who took a lot of interest in this case and have just really just taken it upon themselves to just kind of be, you know, the point person because there's nobody here, you know, there's no family here except for maybe a few very distant relatives. And so these are just some local moms who have just kind of represented these kids because somebody needed to, it's been uh, really good of them, you know, and they, they have helped put on a couple of vigils and keep the uh, memorial going across the street from Chad's house. Cause you might remember that uh, the memorial on the fence, you know, right along where the children were buried was completely removed here six weeks ago or so with yeah. just no notice at all or anything. It was just, it just vanished. But mm-hmm. this really cool lady across the street uh, was very willing to allow uh, people to go ahead and put up a new memorial right there which is what has happened. And it's actually grown quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it has. And I think that's cool. There was a picture today of somebody out there visiting who noticed, or was it today or yesterday that, that uh, some of the police, some of the detectives that are um, investigating this case were actually out there marking, you know, paying their respects to JJ JJ and, you know, just an awareness of that, which I think was very cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I do hey, too. Mary. You know, welcome. Nice to have you here in the live stream. Everything we've heard from friends that know the officers on these this case have talked a lot about what a profound effect it's had on them. Oof. You know how painful this has been. What a terrible. You know, yeah. in fact, uh, my daughter has a class with the prosecutor's son, and somebody oh, really? asked him recently about this case, and you know they really can't talk about anything, and he can't talk about it at home really, but right. all he said was, "My dad hates this case so much." My thought, oh, I'll bet he freaking does, you know. Yeah, I bet but, he does. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, but no, I mean it's not a big surprise, but yeah, but of course, yeah, you, you know, I mean, tell me this of that human side of it. the prosecutor's son, and I'm like. Hold up now. Say what? Wait a minute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you hey, never Sharon, told me this thank before. you. Nice to have you here. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically all that's going on with that case. So at any rate, uh, we're watching closely. There's court coming yeah. up at the end of uh, October. October. That's when they're going to rule on uh, whether or not to join these cases. So that should be very interesting. 
Mm-hmm. As we also finally scheduled our cemetery tour. Speaking yes, of, yes, we did. Ooh, yes, we need to say that mm-hmm. we finally chose a date, and we're going to do it the second weekend in October. Yeah, and you guys, we talked our other sister into coming with us. Yes, we did. So that's going to um, be awesome. I don't know if you'll get to see her on camera because she. Is, we're going to try, but she's, you know, she's coming as the camera person, but we'll do that's our best best anyway. That's what we told her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm bringing uh, the three of us. It won't matter. Right. When the three of us travel together, some shenanigans are going to take place. So yeah. anyway, I'm so excited that she gets to come. And yeah, hopefully we'll get her to, you know, at least say hi. Yeah. 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 We're really excited. We're going to share. It'll be a Saturday, Sunday. We're going to do a bunch of lives and we're going to do a whole bunch of stuff. It's going to be really cool. Yep. Well, another case update I wanted to share. I've talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to give you some more details. And this is on the Alyssa Turney case. Yeah. So we covered Alyssa attorney a few months ago. She is the uh, teenager who went missing, gosh, 20 years ago now. And her sister has been on an absolute crusade to get their father charged with her murder. Yes. Now, her body has never been found. Uh, but her sister, has Sarah, has absolutely mm-hmm. convinced that their father killed mm-hmm. her. And well, and essentially the police told her the only way to ever get charges is to get this in front of the media. And so she and has blitzed out media, social media, like you cannot believe. Oh, I follow is. her on TikTok and this girl is a badass. Yeah, she is she's so great. She has fought so hard. So what ended up happening is that this is in Arizona. And so the prosecutor um, in this in their town held a grand jury session. So mm-hmm. you can you can call a grand jury and basically present them all your stuff mm-hmm. and they can determine, do you have enough to charge a person or not? It's not the most yeah. common way to charge somebody, but this is a no body murder case. And so that's a totally different deal. Like that's a big deal because you're lacking a huge part of the evidence. I mean, you can't even actually prove this person is dead, although 100% yeah. she is. Hundred yeah. percent, but they they brought all this before this grand jury, and the grand jury issued a warrant for his arrest, and so he was arrested on the twentieth of August, and the grand jury ordered that he be charged with second degree murder, with a five hundred thousand dollar bond. So he was arrested, and then on the twenty first of August, he went before a judge for a bond hearing. Um, you know to, yeah. Basically, that's his right to go before the judge of the bond hearing. It was a very interesting hearing. I watched it on YouTube and it was him and these two attorneys that are representing him. And they're standing in front of a table with a computer on it with a, with a microphone talking into it to the judge. Like it was the weirdest social distance. It wasn't even like in a courtroom sitting down at a table, kind of like we've seen a lot of those Zoom calls. Yeah, it was like standing up just in front of this thing. It was really weird, really weird. So his attorneys argued, they kept calling him a veteran, which, you know, I, I no disrespect to veterans, but you know, that doesn't mean he didn't kill her. Okay. Um, They talked about all of his terribly poor health and all of the problems that he has medical problems and stuff and why it would just be too hard on him to uh, be in jail. 
they asked for a twenty-five to thirty-five thousand dollar bond, and they agreed to ankle monitors. So that's what they wanted, and they, you know, made a really big deal out of the fact that he lives in the community, all his doctors are in the community, that he's this stand-up guy in his community, which is complete bullshit. I mean, the guy went to jail for ten years for guns and explosives and stuff, and I mean, he's not a bombs in his house. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a bad dude. Yeah, and twenty-three bombs. You know, arrested for this case, he has been in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So um, the judge completely shot all of it down, said that there was no way that he was going to go against what the grand jury had said and what the grand jury's warrant said. And so he held him at $500,000 bond. Good. And uh, it was just very interesting because it was, you know, and I know this is just defense attorneys, but man, they painted him in a in a really lovely light, considering what is known about this guy. And Mm -hmm. it didn't work at all. Didn't work at all. So Mm -hmm. they set another hearing for August 28th, but that must have been moved because there is no evidence that that other hearing has ever happened. Um, Mm -hmm. There's also no evidence he's bonded out that I can find. So as far as I know, the attorney is sitting in prison Mm -hmm. on a $500,000 bond awaiting trial for the murder of his she was his stepdaughter, but there, her mother was dead. And so he had guardianship of her. Mm-hmm. I've seen him called her adoptive father and also that he was her legal guardian. I'm not sure which is true. Yeah, I'm not sure on that. I don't know that he ever actually adopted her. I'm I don't know. Sure. He has his last name. Her name was Alyssa That's Turner, Michael Turner, which makes me think maybe he did or I don't know. But anyway... Yeah. Um, the, the wheels of justice are finally moving. It's taken 20 years and Sarah has fought long and hard, but he is sitting his ass in jail right now, which I think is, is great news because if you read up on the story, go watch our Alyssa attorney, um, episode or Uh listen to however you, um, you know, experience us and you'll see Mm -hmm. why there really is no doubt that he was involved in this. Yeah. That's going to be key for sure. Okay, and we'll keep an eye on that case and make sure that we update you. It's just yeah, I'm going to watch it really closely. Yeah, well, yeah, Cranky Babushka says I thought he was her stepdad. He was her stepdad, but her mom died uh, many years before she disappeared, yeah. and so we're not entirely sure. He had guardianship of her. We were just musing about whether he'd ever actually adopted yeah, her him. or if he had not. I've seen him called her adopted father. I've also seen him called her legal guardian. So I don't know, but somehow he had some kind of legal something over her because. Yeah. Her dad was not in the picture. Her mom's dead. And so he raised her mm-hmm. along with the younger sister, Sarah. Yeah. So it's good news. It's good news. Oh, yeah. Finally, I think maybe there's going to be some justice here. He is 72 years old. Apparently mm-hmm. has blood clots in his legs and needs a CPAP. And he has all this stuff wrong with him. And I just want to say boo-hoo. Right. That girl was a child yeah. when he killed her. Yeah. She had her Never life in front of her. Life, so. Yeah. I guess he can be a little uncomfortable in jail, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Sucks. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Don't do shit like that. I don't know. It's yeah. a thought. I know. You know, maybe don't go murdering your stepdaughter and then you won't have to sit in jail when you're an old guy. Yeah. So I know you also had, and this is interesting because mm-hmm. in this case, nearly everyone in this case is dead, but there's been some new information come out in the Susan Powell case, which we just covered a couple of months ago. So. Yeah. So remember, Susan Powell is the woman who disappeared from Utah 
and her husband, Josh Powell, was a suspect, but he was never arrested. Uh, yeah, we did cover that case a couple of months ago. He ended up moving to Washington to be closer to his family, and her family actually was there as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the case, you know, whether you have seen our episode or not, you will probably remember this. This yeah. is the case where a social worker had come to Josh Powell's home with the little boys to do a visit. Uh, her parents actually had custody at the time, and it was extremely contentious and ugly. And anyway, Josh uh, grabbed the boys, pushed the social worker out of the house, and blew the house up with him and the boys in it. Yep. Uh, the, not before he bludgeoned both little boys with an axe. So yeah, yeah cool dude. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's an awful thing. But anyway, it, there was some weird stuff with his dad too. And his dad has now died as well. Like the only living people now are just her parents and, and a sister or two of his, his brother killed himself a year after yeah. Josh killed himself. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's that's the crux of that case, if you're not familiar with it. So just uh, last week, uh, let's see, this is from Deseret News in Utah. They have released, apparently there were a bunch of newly released wiretap conversations mm. two years after Susan disappeared. Oh, wow. So they had been tapping uh, a few phones. So this is really interesting because... Now, remember, Susan disappeared in 2009, right? And he had loaded the kids up in their van and in the middle of the night and took off for like 24 hours and then came back with no Susan. Went camping so, in the winter in Utah with his yeah. little tiny kids. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So apparently on August 26, 2011, so now we're two years down the road, he did it again with just the boys. Really? Mm-hmm. And took off uh, in uh, Pierce County, Washington. Or no, took off anyway. Sorry. No, he was still in Utah at the time. But yeah, took off and did that again. And and took the kids and just took off into the desert in the middle of the night. Luckily, you know, the kids came back alive, at least for the time. But it was after the Pierce County, Washington sheriff deputies had raided Josh's dad's home, Steve Powell. Why did they raid him home? Well, because it turns out he is a big pervert yeah. and had a bunch of child porn on his computer. And a bunch of surveillance of Susan, like in the bathroom and stuff too. Well, so the wiretap is of Steve Powell calling Josh Powell uh, to let him know that the police had raided his home and they had taken some photos and journals that may have indicated that he had a sexual desire for Susan. So this is, you know, this is the first that Josh learned of this, that his dad actually was like, had a thing for his wife who was now missing. Uh, anyway, so there's actually wiretap conversations of this. And Josh uh, said, I can't believe what I'm hearing. And another conversation later on with him speaking to his uh, brother about it and says, why do we have such a, I'm going to say fact because I don't want to offend YouTube because then they won't monetize us on stuff. So hopefully effect is okay. He's, he says to his brother, Michael, on one call, uh, Michael, who, by the way, commits suicide uh, a little yeah. later down the road. This is the year after 
Yeah. yeah, he said, why do we have such a fucked up family? It's the idea that he would even think it's remotely a tiny bit acceptable to say that he was interested in Susan on any level. How the fuck does he get that idea? <laughs> How into yeah. Anyway, it's pretty interesting. I mean, there's a lot of conversations. And basically, it's not very often that wiretaps like that are approved. But because this was such a high profile case and such a serious case um, for a couple of years, they actually uh, tapped Josh's phone and his father's phone and his brother's phone to just try to get more information about where the hell Susan Powell is, right? Where he, what he did and if he did or whatever, you know, they just the police were very convinced that he was guilty, but they had absolutely no evidence. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's so awful. They're all dead and still there's yeah. no resolution for her family mm -hmm. about what happened. No. Yeah. Cranky Babushka says this case still haunts me to this day. I, it does me too. I yeah. mean, it, it, it happened in basically the Salt Lake area, which is sort of an extension of where we live in Idaho. And um, mm -hmm. it, it seemed very close to us. And then I'm a social worker and I remember when the, when his suicide and he killed the kids. And I remember what happened with that social worker and mm -hmm. what an unbelievably traumatic experience that would be as a social worker. It was a horrible, uh, horrible thing. A horrific thing for sure. And uh, still to have no real resolution for her family is it's horrifying. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad to see that there's still work being done. Like they're still trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's awful. Well, a couple of interesting things. Uh, Beyond that, that I'll share on this is uh, a conversation uh, uh, that Michael Powell was having where he said, he, this was in uh, also 2011, if that's when all this was happening, mm -hmm. uh, that he said on a call that he didn't give a flying fact about his missing sister-in-law and his si talking to his sister, who then started talking shit on Susan's physical appearance. Oh, my God. So she had been missing for two years and they're dragging her on the phone to each other. It's just so and she went on to comment about her father's sexual obsession with Susan, saying that he should let that shit go because she was not worth it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It just, you know, they were they were raised to be sociopaths, obviously. I mean, and, and uh -huh. we know just from the case that we covered, the way that they grew up and, you know, there was like porn exposures, children, and there, there was a lot of yucky stuff that went on and they just... You know, mm -hmm. Michael's right that they are fucked yeah. up as a family really badly. That's just really. Yeah. Well, and then another conversation uh, where Josh was talking about how he was trying to uh, he was teaching his boys to swear so that he could claim that that they were learning that at Susan's parents house and trying mm -hmm. to uh, coach the kids into saying that Chuck Cox her dad, Susan's dad, was molesting the boys. Oh, my God. So, of course, he didn't give one damn about his own children, obviously. No. no. Yeah. And what a genius. I mean. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just sad. Just sad that people are that messed up. Mm -hmm. And those poor little boys never, never even got to have a life, you know. No, they didn't. And then one other call in uh, Josh was talking to his father and his brother, and he told them that if uh, charges came, he would kill himself because he would off himself before they had a chance to take him to prison where he wouldn't be able to get the job done. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
So that article is at deseretnews.com if you guys are interested in finding it. So you can uh, listen where, I don't know if they have a place where you can listen. They might, there's a place here where you can listen to some of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, wow. pretty, uh, pretty chilling stuff. But yeah, trying to coach the kids to claim that they were being molested by grandpa. By the only adults that gave a damn about them and had fought hard for them to get them and try to protect them. And still he managed to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. That poor family, um, Susan's family, that just is unbelievable what they've been through. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just really, really freaking gross. So anyway, but it's interesting. I'm glad that there's still stuff coming out. Like we can't just forget about Susan Powell. She has not been located. No. No, we can't. And we have to keep an eye on that case because obviously they're still working it. Law enforcement's still working it. Yeah. Well, you know, just because all of the perps and dumbasses are dead doesn't mean that Susan doesn't still deserve justice. Right. Um, And her children. Yeah. Yeah. They're still looking on out on the Utah desert in all the mines out there. And I am absolutely convinced that's where she's at. Yeah. I just think that he somehow managed to get her deep enough that they haven't gone it's a tremendously huge place. If you've never been out there, it is dangerous. It's what they're doing is super dangerous. And it so, is. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of places that normally you wouldn't go at all because it's not yeah. safe. Yeah, for sure. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that one as always, but uh, uh, kind of interesting that stuff. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, I like to see that there's movement happening and that there's still, you know, attempts to solve it. I think that's good. Uh, Bianca said, and I, I had forgotten this, but I, I did remember it when we covered the case, uh, going back to the Alyssa attorney case that Sarah attorney also believes that her father, Michael attorney may have killed their mother. Uh-huh. And that's interesting. I wonder if there's been any actual, um, investigation of that, or if that's, if there's anything involved with that. Cause you know, the thing about a grand jury convening is that that's all totally secret like yeah we don't know what was presented there they don't have to say what was presented mm-hmm. there like that's pretty secret stuff yeah but they had enough to indict michael turney yeah um and and so right now i feel like uh the prosecution is just really hiding their hand mm-hmm. because they really don't even have to say the grand jury said okay so that's it i mean they don't have yeah. to share what they presented to the grand jury so going to be pretty interesting to watch for this trial with Michael Turney. Yes. And sure. uh, see what comes out, what they actually know. Maybe they know way more than, than, than we know, which they probably do mm-hmm. to get a grand jury to indict him without a body. I mean, that's, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. I'm excited on that case. I really, really hope that we get justice. Yeah. I really hope that her body is found. You know, yeah. I do. I mean, it's unlikely because he's just, I don't think he's going to spill his guts, but yeah, it'd be something. Yeah. I mean, he has held up under scrutiny. He has been a suspect in that case for 20 years Mm -hmm. and has maintained, you know, this tells you what kind of personality he is. And, you know, where that body is in 20 years, a lot of people Mm -hmm. would, you know, but he's held up under that, even in prison has held up under that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that to me tells you that wherever that body's at, he is absolutely convinced that it will never be found. Yeah. Cause if he was nervous about it, he would have cracked by now, but well, and he gave himself nothing. so much time the way that it 
happened that she left the note and ran mm -hmm. away to the aunt's house and he, you know, faked a call from California from her and, you know, did all this stuff that really gave mm -hmm. himself a lot of time. Um, mm -hmm. Made it, you know, he really has been very intelligent about it. It was very well planned and thought out. Obviously this wasn't yeah. a, this was no day of the moment. Murder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, fingers crossed. And as always, all of our support to Sarah Turney because she's been amazing. She really has. And that, you know, it's, it's the reason why I think we do what we do and why lots of true crime podcasters do what they do is because we just want to see justice. We want to see the truth yeah. come out and we want to see, you know, families get closure and we want to see people that are, you know, guilty of murder consequence. Like we can't yeah. just allow this stuff to happen in our society. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. Well, that is our update for the week. That is what we have. So we think we'll probably do a little live stream from the witch's fair, just to show you what we're doing. That'll be really fun. Yeah. And then we will be coming. Yeah. And we'll be coming back uh, with a brand new episode on Monday. Yeah. And as always, keep your comments coming, your likes, your shares. Please subscribe everywhere you can. Go see us on Patreon. We're True Crime Paranormal over there. If you want to support what we're doing, we do do. We, we do do. <laughs> we uh, record very special shows just for Patreon. Cases that don't actually air here. They only at air mm -hmm. over there. So there's extra content over there. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, that's that's really fun. So if you want to support us, that's a way to do it. And, um, you know, as always, don't forget that when you share us, that helps a lot. So if you know people that love true crime and would like what we're doing, please yeah. share our podcast and our YouTube channel with your friends and you know, people who like what you're doing, what we're doing, because we're just going to keep doing it. And the more you support us and help us in that, the better it gets, you know, and the more we can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And keep suggesting cases. Of course, give us um, cold cases. Give us unsolved cases. Those are the things that we prefer to cover. And we do get to as many of them as we can. Don't don't get too offended if we haven't covered your case that you suggested yet. We'll get there. It's, you know, yeah. we're, we're doing our best. Yeah, we're we're trying I wish yeah. we could do an episode every day, but well, we can't because, you know, life and yeah. research. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day when this is our full-time job, sure, we'll do a daily yeah. episode. But until then, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there as it. fast as we can get there. And yeah. our episode this week was a Haunted Cemeteries tour. It was really yes. fun. We reported on 10 different cemeteries across the globe that are super haunted for various reasons. Uh, lots of really wild stuff. So if you haven't listened to that one or watched it, it's a lot of fun. And we did provide... Yeah some pictures of every single cemetery so that you could see what we were talking about. And that was a fun show to do. And uh, we've gotten some great feedback. So if you haven't seen that one, you know, and you're a cemetery weirdo like us, and I know a lot of you guys are, you're going to like it. You are. You are. And it's a great um, preface to our actual cemetery tour coming up. So yeah. keep an eye on us for all of those things. And as always, mm -hmm. thank you for being here with us. We are True Crime Paranormal. And we will see you all again soon. Have a great night. Take care, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform.
If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.